Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. This is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. Joining me today is Dr. Cortina McCurry. She's the CEO and co-founder of Kaya, a video and text consultation platform which securely connects women and families with vetted women's health practitioners, treatments and products to make it easy to navigate each stage of life. Cortina has a PhD in neuroscience from MIT and more than 15 years experience across healthcare, technology and operations. Cortina was a partner at BCG, Boston Consulting Group, and traded it all in for the best job of all, which is a founder of a health tech startup in Australia. Cortina, how are you going? Hello, doing well. Good, good. We'd plan to be sitting across from each other because you're you're normally in Sydney half your time, and uh, but but we we didn't make it happen this time. But that's uh, that's okay. The powers of technology have allowed us to speak. So uh, I know, and I was really looking forward to meeting you face to face. Actually, I think I told you before when you initially reached out. Um, yeah. I've always listened to your podcast, so would have been great to be in <laughs> that's person. Awesome. It's nice when someone's actually heard of the show before I reach out to them. That's, a, <laughs> that's usually a good start. It means I'll be extra nice to you. But look, it's, um, <laughs> give me the pitch. What is what is Kaya? Well, Kaya, we're a health tech company. Uh, we're focused on really bringing um, into bear a new model of care, um, really based around the modern woman and specifically looking at the real life needs of women and families. So we go beyond just looking at primary care, but we're looking more holistically to say, what are the set of services that a woman in 2020 needs to have around her and how can we use technology to reduce some of that friction, make it easy and convenient to get access to care. You had a PhD, you've got a PhD in neuroscience, you're at BCG, and now you're a health tech founder in Australia. Like, it sounds like that's an interesting pathway to go on. Tell us about how that's all come about. Um, I, so for me, it's primarily been, um, I guess I've just had a lifetime of really being fascinated by both the body and by the brain. Um, I would have been the only 16-year-old that was dissecting cadavers um, <laughs> during <laughs> high school and like shadowing cardiologists. I actually had thought I was going to go pre-med. But then I ended up being fascinated by the brain and really wanted to understand the actual mechanisms that, you know, are behind mood disorders and how we learn and how we just come to be who we are. Um, Did that for a while. So got my PhD in neuroscience um, and then started to think, well, okay, I have all this like knowledge and understanding around, you know, healthcare and the way the body works. I want to do something about it. And so decided to, initially it was, a, the plan was just to try management consulting for a couple of years um, and really start to work with, you know, companies in the healthcare space. And then I just kind of fell in love with it. And 10 years later, that's what you got. <laughs> so <laughs> that's about, yeah, about many times longer than I had ever anticipated staying in management consulting, but a great experience. And I've had a chance to work with healthcare systems all around the world, which has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then with, with Kaya, it was really just about, you know, there's this, you start to see a need and you realize at some point you just, you just have to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll jump into that need and, and, and Kaya in a bit, but just on the, on the management consulting thing. So you mentioned you were working with healthcare companies globally. So was it like a, um, were you doing healthcare and other stuff or were you focused on healthcare specifically? Yeah. So I've been, I've been primarily healthcare, um, tech and operations. And so I've worked with, you know, big pharma companies. I've worked across provider networks. 
I've worked in the impact space as well, um, working with you know managed care plans and others. I've worked on the retail pharmacy side. So really in that healthcare space has always been kind of home for me. Um, yeah. And just through BCG, I've had a chance to work in many different countries. So I've been in the UK, I've worked across the US, uh, here in Australia and also in Africa. Yeah. Normally when someone calls in BCG, they're either a very big company or they've got a very big problem um, and, or they've just got a lot of money to spend before the end of the financial year, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm going to guess that you probably saw some, were there like similarities in the problems across different countries and different organizations? Like, like was it always the same kind of problem that was being faced or is it a bit of just a mixed bag of stuff? Oh God, it's, it's a, it is a mixed bag, but you, you definitely see across corporates. It's the same thing time and time again too expensive. How do we become more efficient? It's this, yeah. you know, um, how do we deliver better care? Hmm. Um, but you also get the, you know, the, the odd project. And one of the ones that I love the most was working with save the children. And when the Ebola crisis, um, struck hmm. back in 2014, I was there helping to support their regional, um, plan, getting, building up centers in Western Africa. Wow. Um, so the type of work does change. And I would say the, you know, the connection to purpose is always, always varies as well, depending yeah. on kind of who you're working for and what you're doing. Um, but for me, I really love playing in that impact space uh, where there's a bit more kind of purpose behind it as well. Got it. Got it. So you've, you've, you've then uh, left that world and, and went to solve a, a big problem and or identified an unmet need. So, so, so dig more into that, um, uh, that unmet need and, and a bit about Kaya and the problem that it solves specifically. Yeah. I mean, for, for Kaya, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's one of those, you know, companies where we start to look at women all around the world, 3.7, you know, billion of the population, you would think that there were more service that was, services that were really tailored at women. But mm. what's fascinating, and I've always found really interesting, is that for many women, our bodies are so complicated and our re- reproductive systems are so unique. Um, and as a result of that, we have these, we almost think of ourselves as a life stage company. Because as you move through different life stages as a woman, because so many of the things that affect us aren't talked about, you end up getting to a life stage and you don't have a clue what you need to do. It's, it's mm-hmm. only when you get there that you actually start to look around for support and you're trying to figure out, is this normal or is it not normal? And I just started to think, well, why can't we have some type of guide to help? And so to be more specific, you know, you, you know as a woman, you, you think that, you know, maybe your mother will sit you down and talk about what it's actually like to, you know, try to conceive. It's not always easy. Right? It, sure. It's not one of these things that just happens, um, which is why so many women get to uh, the, that point of trying to conceive and they have to deal with miscarriages, which unfortunately, unfortunately affects one in four women, right? No mm. one talks about that. Mm. Um, they don't talk about the fact that it can take years to actually fall pregnant. And then once you actually have kids, you think, oh, well, it's going to be so easy. You see these beautiful images with like the music playing in the background. <laughs> you're like shaking your head. You're like, you must be a parent. And you're like, no, no, no. no I was no. going to say that was not my weekend at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking, well, how do I get them to sleep? And how do I feed them? Yeah. Right. And what are all these changes that are happening in my body? And why is it that I was so excited about, you know, having a kid, but then why am I feeling depressed? Yeah. And it's not just postpartum depression. It's also, you know, perinatal depression, which affects one in three women Mm. and then one in 10 men. And that's just around the whole having a child and parenting, Mm. right? So these are all these um, issues that start to crop up that everyone experiences. You know, there's so many stories. There's so many narratives around it. 
uh, it's happening, but there's not necessarily holistic solution to be able to address it easily. Got it. Got it. So, so the, the actual service that you provide, is it, uh, like a, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So we started with, um, one of the first things that came out, we've now spoken to so many, so many different women. And one of the first needs that really came out of it is how do I get access to a trusted embedded practitioner? Because as you think about, you know, all of us now, we're busier than ever. You have a problem that crops up. And the first thing you do is you get on Google and you start looking to see how do I do X, Y, Z, or where can I find a specialist to help me with this, whether it's nutrition or it's about sleep or it's about lactation. It's the, is this normal? So it starts with a little question. And so the first thing we wanted to do is be able to address that need, which is through Kaya, bringing, starting to curate individuals who are experts in women's and family health specifically. Um, and the reason why we're so targeted about that is it's not enough to, you know, go to a GP or go to someone who has experience per se, but if they don't really understand a woman's body, what you then find, and we've heard this time and time again, is you go in and you're saying, here's what I've been experiencing. This is, this is, I'm looking for a solution. And there's either a normalization of the experience a woman's going through. Um, there is a, oh, you know, it's, it's fine. Or it's a, here, take this pill, but there's not that deep listening. And so what we're trying to do with Kaya is to say, let's give women easy and convenient access to those practitioners that actually understand the unique needs of a woman's body. They understand the unique needs that a family might have. Um, and then let's put them in touch with those individuals through video or through text. Basically, whatever medium allows them to get the support they need, as opposed to kind of brushing it under the carpet and putting it to the side because you don't have time to get into someone's office. Got it. Got it. What were women doing before Kaya then? Like, like how, how would how would women solve this problem up until this point? Well, given that we're actually the only company in Australia that currently that's trying to address this problem this particular way, I'd say what they're still doing now <laughs> is they're trying to juggle their calendars yeah. um, to figure out how they're going to manage both, both work and life. They're taking time off from work to then try to get in to see a practitioner. And then if they need to get you know prescription or some type of treatment, then they have to then stand in line, go somewhere else to get that, and they try to get back to work. Or they just kind of move it to the side because they just don't have time for it, yeah. and the problem starts to persist. Um, and so what ends up happening is you start to see like di- like the actual diagnosis of some of these challenges that women will have will go for longer and longer periods of time, whether it's pain-related, nutrition-related. It might be a mental health challenge, but they're just not getting treated. Mm. Um, or when they do get treated, then they've got the burden of how do I manage work and family to get it done. So what we're trying to do is use technology to reduce the friction in all aspects of a woman's life. And there's so many, and we say women and families because as you go through those life stages, it's quite unique to a woman for most of them. But once you get into that parenting phase, it's not just about women anymore. It's also about men, right? And whether you are a same sex couple or you're going through surrogacy or adoption or whatever it may be, that's where we really start to focus in on families because we find that the same challenges occur and it's really gender agnostic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something, I, I could be way off with this, but but entertain me. So, like, when I think about healthcare, at least in Australia, the, like, I think women are well represented, 
particularly when it comes to nursing, but but even with doctors, I I, th- I looked at some stats, stats ages ago. I think it's 50-50. I could be way wrong. But then there's like... Slightly more than 50 for women, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. But the, yeah. Yeah, right. And and but so, so it's not that there's like a shortage necessarily of GPs or nurses and like willing participants as part of that process. But then if I think about like decision makers within healthcare organizations. I I think like any organization, when it would get to the top, I would expect that it would like filter off dramatically when it looks, when we look at like the proportion of women versus men and like say executive roles within large healthcare institutions and healthcare organizations and and I guess government departments and all all those decision-making bodies within healthcare. So does that play a part in this whole kind of point of uh like this unmet need within women's healthcare or is it that you know men generally whether it's they 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 haven't like attuned to like you know healthcare issues or can't be bothered or don't want to um deal with an issue until like a limb has fallen off um or is it a combination (laughs) of both like or or is it some other kind of point that that kind of brings this this issue to the to the forefront oh i think it's really scott there's so much in there it is really interesting because you do see that from uh, if you just do a numbers game, there there is wide representation of women who are in kind of the primary care area. But exactly as you're starting to point out, when you start to get to the you know areas around kind of the deci- who are the decision makers, that's when you really start to see the numbers fall off. Yeah. Can, like don't quote me on this, but I, I feel like it might be one in eight. One in eight sounds like- women are CEOs of like some of these companies are actually in like real decision making. Yeah, I, I read like a thing ages ago, and, and it doesn't matter what name you pick, but there's more. I think in Fortune 500, and this is just generally in Fortune 500, you know, companies there are more CEOs named David than they are like women in total or something like that. And, or, and it's like like an awful statistics like this. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a that's a part of it, uh, a part of the unmet need. I mean, you you also have to think about like historically, right, where we are. So it was only in 1993 that women were even mandated to be a part of clinical trials. Wow. And that would be for drugs that were primarily designed for a woman's body. Like they were being <laughs> tested on men. Right? And even, even now, even now it's, it gets crazier because even now what happens is a number of drugs and it going through animal studies and 80% of the animals that they're tested on are also men, male, male animals. That makes no sense. Um, so, so <laughs> but in a way it helps you to understand where we are. Yeah. And so if you think about just his, historically, even just kind of the culture around women, but also um, the fact that there's still stigma that exists around many of these things. If women aren't talking about it, if women aren't yeah. the decision makers, even if like if, with families, if families aren't talk, men aren't talking about the challenges they have, yeah. you know, as parents, it's one of these things that kind of gets brushed to the side and it's whispered in quarters. You know, I was, um, I was talking with, someone the other day and uh, it's someone that they're, they might be taking on Kaya. And one of the things they were saying is that they're like, yeah, I absolutely love this product. Like I just love this product. I can't wait to start using it. I want my friends to use it, but you know, I'm not really sure if anyone in the company actually has, you know, any of these needs. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. Well, how do you, how do you know? Well, what makes you say that? Hmm. Well, we have people surveys and we have engagement surveys and it's just never come up. Hmm. <laughs> and then you start to realize, like, well, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> right? Of course it's not. Because yeah. yeah. when was the last time you went to, like, your employer or, <laughs> you know, you stepped out in public and you're like, here are all the challenges facing me in life. Yes. And what we're trying to do with Kaya is fill that gap to say it's not just about, you know, be the, the kind of 
primary care space. There's lots of companies playing in that space, but there are these real life stage needs that women and families are struggling with. And how do we start to offer them curated, tailored support? And how do we do it in a way that it's holistic, but also it's frictionless. So, you know, if you think about, you know, the physical world today, if you do have, if you are able to kind of find those trusted practitioners, it's still quite challenging, right? Because they're going to be fragmented across the board. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have your GP, you might have a naturopath you're going to, you might have a nutritionist that you're working with. You might have a mental health, you know, practitioner on board. Um, you, if you're going through fertility treatment, you'll have your endocrinologist. And if you're a new parent, right, you're going to have your sleep coach you're working with and sure. like a lactation consultant. But in the real world, these individuals are effectively your care team, yeah. but none of them talk to each other. But imagine if, you actually had that support in one place all around you. Got it, got it. So there's a couple of things I want to, I want to touch on there, but just, just to go back a couple of steps on what you were talking about, you know, you, you were speaking through Kaya and being identifying needs through employers. So it sounds like you've got like a B2B model that you would you would run. Is that how you kind of go out to end patients? Yeah, we've got, um, we've got a mix. So as a consumer, you can use Kaya, but we also recognize that businesses are, you know, they actually have a vested interest in thinking about, how can we better support our employees, yeah. right? This isn't like another well-being nice to have, mm-hmm. but there are actual, you know, real challenges that our employees are experiencing that are affecting how they show up at work. Yeah. Um, and there's almost a business imperative around being able to solve for that, particularly for those companies that are quite innovative and want to be able to, you know, kind of step into this space and differentiate themselves. Got it. So that would be like, so that, that that's who would pay for this. So they're your customers in the end and then the patients are the ones receiving the service. Exactly. I would say a bit of, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. What, what stage are you guys at in terms of the company? Is it uh, like, like when was it founded and where are you at in terms of how you're kind of growing and trajecting and all that kind of stuff? Oh, it, so we're a really young company and I have to remind myself of that sometimes because there's so many things that we have in store for Kai and so many things we want to do. But we're going to be six months in a couple of weeks. Wow. I know. I thought I'd heard of you guys longer than six months. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just an impressionable thing. I mean, it's a positive thing. It's a good thing. Right? Well, it's been awesome. I think the response that we're, we're starting to get and the fact that there's traction has been really exciting. I think the fact that we're addressing a problem that a lot of people experience and feel and it resonates with and they mm. know that it's real and they say, wait a second, why don't we have that type of support yeah. um, is probably a part of it as well. I think it's a first for Australia, which means that even though, you know, we're starting to grow quickly and there's been a lot of interest, I think it'll still take time. We're getting those early adopters and innovators. But when you have a new model of care that you're introducing, and while we're not replacing, we're not trying to replace like, uh, you know, standard care at all. It's a complement to it. Yeah. Um, we recognize it's going to take time for people to realize, oh, wait a second. Oh, okay, this could be easier. Yeah, yeah. It could be different. Um, and I think that's what makes Kaya quite innovative. Cool. So so that that's a good point too about not wanting to replace like say a like someone's general practitioner. How do you tie it all back in then? Like you're talking about being the the care team and you know centralizing a service, all those all those bits and pieces. How does that work in practice of being that like bringing everything together and not just creating another kind of silo within the healthcare industry? Yeah, that's that is so. It's actually one thing that we're really sensitive to, and you know, if, if I think about so just specifically on that question, one thing we don't want to do with Kaya is to create just another fragmented part of you know the healthcare system to mm. the extent we can. 
We want it to be integrated. And we've actually found that um, the value proposition for practitioners who want to be on the platform is actually quite strong. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. It's not quite there yet because we're still young, but you can imagine that now a GP that you traditionally couldn't even, you know, email or call. I've tried, like it never works. <laughs> they never pick up. You just go to like the front desk staff. Um, it, they just think you, you've grown two heads and you asked to talk to the doctor or have a quick question. Yeah. Many of the GPs are actually saying, oh, wait, you know, I actually want to be a part of a model like Kaya. So then, you know, they can meet their, they can actually meet their um, customers there yeah. or their patients there as well um, on Kaya. Yeah. So that, in terms of that integration, we can close that loop. But more to your point around kind of where, I, what I also heard in your question is the sense of kind of the fragmentation that is, exists in healthcare. Mm. I look at healthcare and if you really think about healthcare more broadly, what you really want to have is like an end-to-end solution, right? Which is why you're starting to see the big players like the Googles and the Amazons. Yeah. They're the ones that are starting to come in because they're probably going to solve it. Um, what we see in the vertical that we play in, which is kind of that women's health space, we actually see an interesting opportunity to try to create something that's end-to-end and really test out the power of that and the impact that it has on overall outcomes um, without introducing more fragmentation. So there's a lot of companies out there where they'll take you know, they might just be doing menopause or they might be just doing fertility or they might just be doing pregnancy. What we say is we're a life stage company and we want to actually offer continuous integrated care that allows for almost more connectivity than you would see otherwise. That you can have a practitioner you're working with on Kaya and no matter where you go in the world, you can connect back to that practitioner, you know, pending all the, the legal things that go with like delivering our model in different countries. But sure. do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the real world, you can't do that today. You know, if you're traveling, you can't, you're not going to be able to get access to the practitioner that you work with in Melbourne if you're overseas. No, no. Even even this morning, I tried to get a referral uh, from like another referral from a GP to send to my specialist because they move rooms or something like that. The, but I can't, I, like, I'll need to go for an appointment with that GP to then tell them to write the letter and then that letter needs to be faxed to the specialist. And I'm like, and I was just being a bit cheeky. I'm like, can I just provide it to you in a more like, like current, like mediums, like an email? And like, well, you could PDF it, but you can't take a photo of it because we won't be able to read it. I'm like, are you sure that the facts will be like in higher definition than the photo that I would take with my 12 megapixel camera? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, <laughs> there'll be a lot of, and that was just this morning. I don't know. That's kind of related, but not, maybe I'm just still salty about it, but the, <laughs> the, uh, I was just waiting for an opportunity to vent. Thanks for that. Um, but, but I think you're right. In that, <laughs> no worries. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's you, you can't like, if you're, you know, had a quick question for your GP, like you could, have a quick question for your lawyer or for your accountant or for insert any profession here um yeah you might need to pay for it but if you but you 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 have that service but you, you like if like you say if you're traveling you can't do that in an in an effective way you've you've got to get like a bizarre kind of like process of getting a referral to another doctor who's been certified by this to be able to then ask them a question for a repeat script or something. I know. It's so simple. So, and it's just the yeah. state of our healthcare system now. We're going to look back on it one day and say, or we say it now, like this is actually ridiculous. It could be better, but I know we're going to move beyond it. And to your point, it's often a little question, right? It's a little question that doesn't get answered and ends up turning into a bigger question. And what happens is as you're moving through these life stages, 
that creates a significant amount of anxiety. And so there's also an emotional well-being impact and mental health impact mm. that comes into play when these things don't get treated. Um, so we're hoping that we can actually, when that little question pops up, we want to be able to give you that access, but not just from anyone. You're getting it from an expert mm. that you can trust, which is going to give you that confidence and comfort that you need. Completely. Nice. Nice. I like it. Hey, j- just on another, um, on another topic. So, so you're, you're a mom with a young daughter as I, as I've seen, and that's, and that's, that's awesome. Um, out of interest, like what came first, the startup or the baby and, and what, what's it like juggling <laughs> both the, both the competing priorities? Um, and, and, oh my God. Yeah, and like, what advice would you give to others? Like in a similar boat, it could be like, um, other, other mums or, or, or dads, parents, like who wanting to, to smash their goals in, in work life as much as they want to be a loving, caring parent. Oh God. You know, I, I, it's, so I would say, you know, what came first? I guess technically McKinley came first, um, but she was, she was a preemie and I, you know, the seeds for Kaya really came then, which is, you know, I have a PhD in neuroscience. I've advised like companies all around the world, but then someone hands you this like little child and says, keep them alive. And (laughs) I was living in San Francisco and I didn't have access to, you know, I didn't have a family support network, but I did luckily have, I'm surrounded by, you know, medical family members, but I could get them on the phone to ask those simple questions. Mm. And I realized how lucky I was to have that. So the seed for Kaya really came from recognizing, wow, there's these needs that you have. And I was able to get it from um, my family. Um, But I thought, well, how do we get this to more people? So I'd say they both came together. um, But in terms of actually building Kaya, right, having, building Kaya and, you know, raising like a toddler, it can be really challenging, but I think the thing that really helps is that I'm doing something that I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love because I, you know, for me, I think like having something that you are building that is effectively a service that you would want for yourself anyways, mm. um, really, really helps. And then for me, I feel as if be, being an entrepreneur, I don't have to trade off. I think there's definitely that recognition sometimes where I have to get, take comfort in the fact that all the emails are not going to get finished tonight. It's that constant sensation of knowing you're not going to get through everything, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's a part of it, but it is challenging. I have a great support network around me, um, which I think um, does help. Um, McKinley also really loves Kaya too. So oh, she's always trying to get there. <laughs> she wants to sit in the office and work and she's like, can I come in with you? And she wants to meet the team. <laughs> nice. Nice. <Does> that help? <laughs> it's, and it's interesting though, too. I, I think we're in the right direction with this, but there's probably still a little bit of way to go. Like, you know, it, it's when I hear of, you know, successful CEOs or mentors or whoever speaking around this topic, it's, it's less about, you know, being successful means doing a 14 hour day and not knowing your kids. It's, it's more about, you know, finding that balance, being able to still smash your goals in a, you know, in a career, work very hard. And it probably does mean, you know, a lot of trade-offs and, and finding time to do things. But, and I guess technology does both aid and, um, make that hard. Like, you know, it, it's easy to do, you know, emails at 11 o'clock at night once the kids have gone to bed on the kitchen bench, but um, that's also you know, not a sustainable solution either. Like it, it's, it's easier said than done, right? How do you find that balance between like being, being, having the happy family going on and having a, like a, a killer business that you're running? Yeah. 
you know, for me, I absolutely, I, I kind of need to have both. It's just the way I'm wired. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, I want to be able to do the two of them, mm. uh, to the two of those things. Uh, you might've seen the study that came out last year, which was actually pretty shocking uh, here in Australia. It was two thirds, two thirds of parents were actually looking to leave their jobs wow. because the juggle, <laughs> I can send it to you afterwards, but yeah. it's because the juggle had gotten so tough. Yeah. Right. It just wasn't worth it for them and their, their own health was actually starting to suffer as a result of it. Mm. Right. So I think it's a reality that, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of working parents are struggling with it. Um, I find for me, the thing that really does work is just being really, really clear about the priorities. Um, and for me, it's like spending time with my daughter is a non-negotiable yes. actually. But then at the same time, I recognize that it also means not being so hard on yourself and realizing that sometimes, you know what, you know, everyone's gonna have to fend for themselves for dinner and it's okay, <laughs> right? Um, it's like, I don't have to be the one to do it. Um, and not allowing yourself to feel guilty about that either. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do try to kind of compartmentalize the two, which is here's the time that I'm going to set aside. And this is for Kaya. And you know how it is. That's the non- You're just constantly thinking about the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. But now it's time to put one away and I'm not sending another email. I'm actually, now I'm with my family. So I definitely put up those boundaries and I find that it works for me. Um, and just allow it, giving yourself a break sometimes to say, do as much as you can, but you're not going to be able to get it all done. Mm. Like it's just impossible. Yeah. And knowing that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that point about, um, not being able to do everything. I, I think I measure how good, uh, like a lounge is like a couch in a shop by how many washing baskets I could potentially fit on it. Um, because, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's, that. yeah, I'm, I'm feeling you. Um, these are the important things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it's like the secondary lounge, like a uh, laundry. Yeah. So, um, all right. so lastly to round things out, uh, what's, what's on the horizon for for you guys at Kaya? Oh, we're so excited. Um, so for us, as I said, you know, we, we started out kind of playing in this telehealth space, but for us, we're a health tech company. Okay. And so we've got a number of um, new products that we're going to start rolling out in the next uh, few months and throughout 2020, which will be really neat. And it's really just thinking about how do you put the woman and the family kind of at the center and then think about the range of services that you can offer. So whether that's getting, you know, their prescriptions or treatments on demand or really starting to branch into additional services. So we've got a lot of that coming in Australia's way. It'll be exciting. Excellent. Looking forward to seeing all of that happening. Like for the, if I, if I knew you'd been around for only six months, I, I would have made more of a point of how did you get, you know, make such an impression so quickly. But like, so I look forward to what the next six months will bring for you guys. And then onwards from there, um, I'll leave all the, the details in the show notes about how to check out Kaya. Cortina, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thanks for inviting me on. It's been great chatting with you, Peter. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go check out the website, contribute to the forum, listen to other episodes, and get in touch with feedback about the show because collaboration starts with a conversation. Speak to you next time.